As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. We are back. It is a Thursday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. It's Ian Mendes, Sean McIndoo with you for the next hour or so. We're going to have a lot of fun here as uh, Jesse Grange will drop by, talk about some early season trends. I got some some uh, really fun this week in hockey history. I'm gonna We're going to talk about two things that happened 20 years ago this week that I think might be unbreakable record. So we're going to get into that. And, of course, we got a lot to get into with uh, with the current news cycle in the NHL. Let, okay, but let me ask you this here to kick off the show as we head into Halloween weekend, okay? All right. First, I, I know Halloween's on Monday, but this is like the weekend for Halloween parties. NHL teams are doing their Halloween parties, all that stuff. Uh, first of all, when's the last time you dressed up for Halloween? Oh, boy. As an adult man. When's the last time I- you put on a costume? I, I mean, I've I've got kids, so I've thrown on like a pair of bunny ears or some low effort thing like that uh, to to take them trick or treating. But no, I think the last time I remember going to a party like this has got to be twenty years ago that the <laughs> the the wife and I dressed up for. And other than that, I've never been a Halloween guy. Like as a little kid, yeah, sure, but I've I've never been a uh, uh, grown up Halloween costume uh, sort of guy. No, you're not going like no couples costumes for you. Uh, no, the, uh, the, like- the 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 one that uh, the the last one that I remember was my wife and I. We uh, dressed up as uh, she she dressed up as a tiger, um, and you know with the face stripes and everything. Uh, and and I just put on a shirt and and put a bunch of blood on it, and we went as uh, Roy oh and and Manicor. Well, exactly. That was the reaction my that we got God, from. Uh, this yeah. Is- so that's why that's maybe that's why we my- didn't. Oh my god! Come on, people are dressing up as zombies and stuff like that. It didn't. You know, yeah, didn't but, that, that but that's out fake. Of that. that was like a real. Yeah. Also, this was like a week after it happened, so it was. It was. Holy yeah, I, I, I hear you, and I, I have heard that feedback, and that's probably why we, we haven't, uh, we, we haven't gone back to the. We haven't actually been invited back to any Halloween parties. Yeah, since, maybe so. I think. Yeah, as as we do later on, we're going to do this week in hockey history. This week in <laughs> Halloween history, Sean. Yeah. And his wife get uh, punted from every. Uh, <laughs> yeah, crazy. I never really connected Halloween the dots party. on that yeah. one, but that that might be it right there. Okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. Here, so here's a question for you: Is it possible to have like a a clever hockey themed Halloween costume, or is that <sighs> is it is it just too? Or am I asking the wrong guy here? Because you yeah, just well, said you're not a Halloween yeah, guy. Yeah, this is this is you know, clearly not my area of expertise. I mean, clever Halloween costumes on their own are are always dicey because there's right yeah. there's like different categories. You can you can go as just the all out like I've got a great costume. Um, you know, some of those are bought. A lot of them are homemade, and you're just like people are like, wow, they they put a ton of effort into their their costume. But as far as being clever, like you get into like the little puns, which that's right up your alley. Like you strike yeah. me as a pun costume guy. But then a lot of those, like you walk in 
And people are like, what's going on? And then you got to be like, well, this is, this is what I'm supposed to be. And people go, oh, okay. And they chuckle. And then it's like, all right, I'm going to get a drink. I don't, uh, this is, I, I don't know. I mean, what do you, hockey wise, you could, I mean, you, you know, you throw on the referee shirt, the dark glasses and the cane, like, you know, that's, uh, that, that's a classic. You can dress up. But is up anybody as, doing that in the year 2022? I, I hope I not. Don't think so. I hope no. not. I mean, you could. You oh. you know you 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 just if you want something low effort right you just go and get your uh, like your golf gear that uh, you know break it out of uh, out of the closet from the summer and throw on a Leafs cap and you know I'm a Toronto Maple Leaf in the second round of the playoffs you could do that like but I don't know, pun based ones like are are people out there putting on like on our Temi Panarin jersey and like carrying a loaf of bread around or something like is, is that the level we're going for here or is there something something oh, better yeah. like you're yeah, the I pun guy people I, I don't know if people know this about you you are. The ultimate pun guy. So I feel like this is exactly, exactly right up your alley. But it, it, it is, you know, the best hockey themed Halloween costume I remember is actually from an NHL player. Do you remember this? So this would have been, I think, probably Halloween, maybe 15 years ago. And the Edmonton Oilers thought they had traded. Do you remember this? They thought they had traded for Danny Heatley. And yes, the deal mm-hmm. would have been, I believe, Dustin Penner. Ladislav Smeed and oh man, it might have been Cogliano, whatever it was, was supposed to come back to Ottawa. And then Danny right. Heatley was like, I got a no trade clause. This deal right. isn't happening. He's demanded a trade out of Ottawa, but he uses his no trade to yeah. scuttle <laughs> a trade out exactly. of Ottawa. Yeah. yeah. I, I said I want to be traded. I just didn't want to be traded there. Uh, yeah. So at the Oilers Halloween party that year, and I believe it was Dustin Penner, he dressed up as Santa Claus. And on the back of his Santa Claus outfit, it had a name bar that said no trade. And people said, who are you? He says, I'm no trade clause. No trade clause. Okay. You that know was what? pretty good. You that's know, I bad. thought that was, that that's was not good. Bad. I got, you know, that's, yeah, that's okay. I got, uh, yeah, that, that's all right. All right. Let me, let me pitch a couple of ideas at you. And okay. You, here you we like, go. Again, I'm obviously I'm somebody, I need feedback on my Halloween costume choices. So I'm, I want you to be honest here. Okay. First one, um, leaf Jersey. Yeah. Number 34 on the back, jean shorts, knee brace, a beer in each hand, Stone Cold Steve Austin Matthews. What do you think? See, I don't know anything about ref- wrestling. Don't but act I like, like you no, don't no, know no. who Stone know Cold who, is. I, I do. I do. Right, and I like. But, yeah. Okay. I like that because now, as you know, I, I like the, the puns. That's clever, right? You're, you're combining it's, two you know, people into yeah. one. I like it. Right. Okay. What, what if you also gave him? What, okay, hold on. Though. What if you give him a Vegas Golden Knights hat as well, and now he's Mark Stone Cold? Wow. Uh, okay. Foster you know Matthews. what? Now you are we getting what? too All far? Right. Now, 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 no. You know. Now we're now we're cooking. Let's see how long. Yeah, there we go. How long can <laughs> we get? Right. Can we get? You know, like uh, you. you <laughs> You put the little check mark, and now he's check mark Stone. I don't know. It feels like there's a long way you could go on that one. But all right, yeah, that's there good. We go. Here, here's my other one that's more timely, and I feel like this one is not. This isn't clever in the sense that it, there's probably people out there maybe already planning this costume. Um, but if you're looking for you know for something, uh, here's here's the idea. It, it's this this works if you're like a middle aged, <laughs> schlubby kind of balding dude. You, you go, you can even bore your kids like, you know, it's too small, it's too tight, whatever. Tony Stark, Marvel costume. Yeah. Iron Man. Uh, and you Phil go with Phil Kessel. Oh, You're yeah, Phil Kessel, yeah, yeah. Right? Done, I mean, done. you could do that, right? Okay. Oh, I'm, I'm in. All right, that one's got the stamp of approval. Okay. Then, yeah, we're uh, we're on to something here. Okay. That that okay. one's for free. That one's because that, that one's this year only. You got you got a window <laughs> You got to go one. right now. Yeah. Well, if anyone knows about timely Halloween costumes, it's you, so. You know, just maybe... <laughs> Maybe, maybe, maybe just go back to the drawing board and just, just really nail it down. It's a, just make sure yeah. you're sure. Or <laughs> gonna be, this could be your last. It's well, you know what? That's all right. You're not missing yeah. out. Yeah, I, don't mind me. I'm still trying to add to that. Uh, I'm thinking Mark Stone Cold Austin Matthews Kachuk. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That, I think that might be the extent of it. Maybe. I feel like we can go, I don't know. We can go further than that, man. <laughs> we can probably there's, go there's further. There's got to be a way, yep. The word chain. Hey, you know, you said to me earlier, you're like, hey, you're to the pun guy. Uh, and are. I do. I appreciate me a good pun. I want to know what you think about this. Islanders and Rangers played on Wednesday, and the Islanders unveiled a brand new campaign, a new product called Pot Van Socks. 
course, if you go to uh, Rangers games, Madison Square Garden, almost on a nightly basis, at least once, they still do the whistle and then everyone yells, pot van sucks. And so the mm-hmm. Islanders figure we're going to flip the script on this. We're going to sell pot van socks. I kind of like it, with you, man. but I, I don't know. Honest. I don't know if, if I, I don't know, maybe because I know Danny very well. I liked it, but I need to know from you, pot I van you, socks, man, I, clever or not. This, this is, this is exactly the kind of humor that is, that is not my thing. I didn't want to <laughs> like it. I do like it though. Okay, that was, good. I gotta say, man, that was good. I like, I like yeah. it. It was, yeah, that is, uh, th- when I saw that, I could like feel like both sides of me fighting it out. Cause immediately like my first reaction was that's, that's pretty clever. I like that. I want a pair. And then, you know, the, 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 the more sophisticated part of me was like, no, nah, come on. That's the lowest form of humor. But you know what? Potvin socks. That's, that's good. Kudos to whoever came up with that. Yeah, it is pretty good. I, and now, but now we don't want to see a whole like refuse socks or anything like no, that. No, end no. it now. End it now. Yes, that's it. Socks. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, we got it. I never like. What did you think of? Remember the Mike Babcock, the Bab socks? Like I didn't even yeah. think those were great. I thought I think Pot Van socks were great. I didn't. I didn't think Bab socks were a the, yeah. Idea. It, it, you know what I mean? The, they were. I mean. Those are fine. Those were, you know, they they were kind of cute. And then they actually made them, and you could buy them. And then and then like other people started showing up on socks, and it didn't really. I don't know. Maybe the whole, uh, it's you know, we always talk about the Mike Babcock story, and he, we're always trying to write these redemptions. Maybe we got to get like the Mike Bab socks redemption. Like that was who really <laughs> lost when Mike Babcock <laughs> got fired. He's still getting paid. Yeah. You know, he was still making lots of money uh, from the Maple Leafs, but uh, we got to we got to check on the the Sox guy. I don't know. Do you think yeah. he like? Do you think he even tried anything with like Sheldon Keefe? Was there any like uh, any options there? Is Hanker, he, is he... Hanker Keefe's? No, there you go, I'm, right there. No, I'm, I'm telling you, this guy is loud. the no. pun guy. No. You cannot stump him. Yeah, yeah. After been Hanker Keefe's, somebody got on Hanker that Keefs. and and quickly. Wow. You might want to you might want to move on on that one. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Uh, don't don't wait for Christmas. Just get them get them yeah. now. Get them now before uh, before Halloween. Okay, uh, I thought this was interesting, and uh, and everything we say on this on on these podcasts, whether it's our show, other editions of the Athletic Hockey Show, I, I'm pretty sure we're all couching everything with, "Hey, it's early." Like it, it is. It's almost mm-hmm. it's not even Halloween, but. We're starting to see some trends here. And I thought it was interesting. Dom Luschichin has, and, and by the way, a free promotion here for Salvian and Gentili, the, um, what do they call their show? The Friday edition, because they record on Thursdays, but it drops on Friday. Anyway, they're going to have Dom on. So we don't want to go too deep on this, because I know they will too. But Dom had his new projections out this week. And it's crazy when you look at some of the teams, how much the needle has moved already in the span of two weeks. Like, like Vancouver, Sean is down to a, uh, a basically a 12, I think, 12% chance of making the playoffs. This after being north of 40 to start the season. Like, they have tumbled. Like, you look at their, uh, the it looks like the BlackBerry stock from back in the day where it just, boop, that, it just goes Absolutely my favorite down. part of the, the, the projections is if, you know, I know when you click on them and you scroll down, you see, like, okay, here's how many points he thinks people are going to get. Here who's going to be likely or unlikely to make the playoffs. You got to keep scrolling. You got to get to the little line graph where you see the teams moving up and down. That yeah. is the best part easily. And you're right. I mean, nobody has plunged um, like the like, like the Canucks. It's not even a plunge. It's it's a steady downward march. Um, they're they're now they they've recently, according to this little graph, have even been passed by the Seattle Kraken as far as uh, playoff, playoff chances. That's that's not good. Um, now we got to say anytime I, I always feel like we have to make this point anytime we're looking at Dom stuff, um, because I, I feel like people miss this 13% is not good, but 13% is not 0%. And if you're looking at teams that are at 90% or 95% or even 99%, you're going like, well, I can't believe Dom thinks there are a lot. 90 something percent is not a hundred percent. And I feel like. Right. Sometimes the the mistake people get is they look at this and they group it into, uh, you know, anyone who's in the fifties is a coin toss. Everyone else has already been determined. If you're or you know you're eighty percent or more, that means Dom says you're a lock. No, he doesn't. He's saying eighty percent means eighty percent. That means one out of five times you're not going to make it. 
It's not a sure thing. He's not trying to say that all this stuff is determined. So that's my little bit of hope to Canucks fans. Is it 13%? He's not 0%. And if every, you know, if, if every team in the league was at that sort of extreme, you would expect three or four teams uh, to defy the odds and, and make it or not make it. But it's bad in Vancouver. <laughs> it's really bad. Like that, that's as far as I can go for you. 13% is not 0%, but it's also not 45% or whatever it was to start the season. And I bet a lot of Canucks fans at the start of the year probably said, only 45%? God, we got to be better than that with this lineup. It hasn't gone that way. Do you feel like, as we record this on Thursday morning, Vancouver and Seattle, Thursday night, is that a potential tipping point game in your mind that, that I know the Canucks play again on Friday, so you know maybe they don't do anything rash, but I just feel like, my goodness, if you lose to yep. Seattle and start the season with eight consecutive losses, granted they get a couple of uh, overtime losses, but still, you lose your first eight They're games still losses. And, and game eight is against Seattle. Is that a potential tipping yep. point for you? There, there have been a few tipping points already for Vancouver. The, the the home opener against Buffalo was one, and obviously Buffalo's playing well. They had just gone through Alberta, but that's one that you look and you say, on paper, on home ice, we should win that one. They didn't. They they lose five to one. Gave Carolina a game. I, I feel like the next forty eight hours does feel like a tipping point because it's either in Seattle tonight, uh, a game that again. Uh, I don't know when you're when you're zero and seven. Nobody is a game that you should win, but this is a very winnable game against uh you know against the Kraken team that is has been better this year, but are not great. But then you look at they got to play this game tonight. Turn around, they got to go home, play tomorrow night. They got the Pittsburgh Penguins, and the Penguins have been off for a few days, so the Penguins are in Vancouver right now, chilling out, relaxing. Uh, getting rested up while Vancouver is in Seattle getting ready for a game. They got to fly back. They got to play a rested Penguins. If if both of those games are lost, they lose in Seattle. They come home, face those rested Penguins. I really feel like that's where I'm I'm moving to very worried about Bruce Boudreau because then they've got three games off and then they've got a nice home stretch. Devils, Ducks, Predators. Those are three winnable games. I always look at the schedule I don't know how much truth there always is to this, but it always feels like when teams make midseason changes, they like to do it right before yeah. a point in the schedule where A, they've got a bit of a break. You don't want a new coach necessarily coming in like on game day. Um, and also where they've got some winnable games. You don't want to you don't want your new coach coming in when it's you know, hurricanes, avalanche, uh, you know, Panthers coming in and you're going, oh man, we're gonna go 0 three and get off to a bad start. You want to give the new guy a chance. Boy, I look at that Devils, Ducks, Predators, all at home stretch, and I go, that could be a point where a change gets made if they're 0-9, and 0-9 and feels like it's really on the table right now. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it, it's interesting to me because look, Vancouver's odds have plummeted thanks to a slow start uh, under Dom's model. Chicago's hasn't really moved, right? Chicago remains down at basically... You know, and, and now it's not pulling up for me, but they're, they're down at like, what, zero, one percent? I'm, I'm looking down there and uh, they, yeah, what? they are still sitting at zero. Okay, they're at zero percent, but they're above Arizona's zero percent. So. Right. But yet Chicago's off to a, like, this is a remarkable start. You want to talk about teams that I thought they could be 0 and 6, 7? Chicago would have been on my list. I mean, I, you have to be a little bit worried as a Chicago fan that your team has won in a year in which you've, it feels like you've designed to tank that you've won four games in a row, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah I mean, you, you probably do. And so, I mean, first of all, we should say if people aren't familiar, they, like Dom's model is looking at the results, absolutely, but it's not just based on results. And, and, and you know, anytime, uh, you know, I do my power rankings and sometimes people are like, how can you rank this team ahead of that team? They've got more, you know, this team's got a better record. If you just want to look at what teams have the better record, I got a great site for you. Uh, it's called the NHL standings page. Like we already have that. You don't need anybody to tell you what teams are winning or what teams aren't winning. We already have that. So Dom's model does look at that, but it's also looking at the talent. It's looking at the projections, all of those sorts of things, the results in recent years, even uh, for that particular uh, roster. And that's why Chicago, despite, you know, if the playoffs started today, they'd be in it. They're not, uh, and they're not viewed as having a chance because the, the roster is just so weak. But that said, yeah, four straight wins, 
first of all, you know, kudos to the team. We've we've said all along, yes, the Blackhawks are tanking, but players don't tank. That's not how hockey players are wired. The players are always going to give you the, the top effort. And kudos to Luke Richardson. I mean, yeah. a, a guy that you know, you know well uh, has has been waiting for this chance for a very long time, uh, and comes into a situation that for a lot of people might look at and say, "That's a miserable situation for a yeah. coach to come into," and yet. You know, maybe maybe the the reverse is true. Maybe you come in, there's no expectations. Uh, you know, nobody's going to care if you finish dead last. Uh, and uh, you know, he's got this team playing well. They, they're getting an identity. They're they're hard to play against. All of those things. It's not going to last. Um, but uh, they're they're not getting embarrassed out there. And uh, you know that that's pretty good. And you know, it's funny. We always say that uh, you know you you can't clinch a playoff spot in October, but you can lose one. And sometimes those those October games count just as much as the March and April ones. And sometimes a team looks back and they miss the playoffs by one or two points. And they say, man, if we grab one of those games that we should have had in October, that would have been the difference of the whole season. It can work the same way for a draft lottery. And you do wonder if yeah. Chicago at the end of the year is going to be looking back on if we had just lost a couple of those games, even one of those games, that would have put us into the right spot to get the, get Connor Bedard. You never know. I'm sure Kyle Davidson is thinking about it, but clearly Luke Richardson and the, the Blackhawks players are not. The other one, a couple of other things that jumped out of me at Dom's new projections, the Devils right now projected to finish slightly higher than the Rangers. Yeah, which I did a is, real double take on that yeah, one. Yeah, I, I, I was the same way. I was like, wait, what? Like, I was like, that can't be right. And sure enough, but now look, they're basically lined up to finish in the exact same spot, but... The Devils, a team that you know clearly missed the playoffs by a wide gap last year, the Rangers who went to the conference final, and now two weeks into the season, the model is saying, hey, uh, the Devils might be better than we think, and the Rangers maybe not so much. New Jersey ahead of the Rangers, uh, to me, that was probably the biggest surprise in the, it, in the projections. It, it was, and, and you know, I sort of you know, really had to go and check it because you know, a week into the season, the Devils did not look very good. Goaltending was no good again. All, all the things, you know, we, we the Lindy Ruff watch was on already. Uh, and the Rangers had looked very good. They had had, a, you know, a couple of, uh, of big wins where they had uh, they had looked really impressive. And uh, since then, it's it's sort of been a bit of a flip. And again, the model isn't just saying, well, the Devils have won a couple of games and the Rangers have lost, so I'll, I'll swap them in the standings. It's it's more than that. The, the, the Devils are a fascinating team because it seems like every year in the analytics era, there is one team, or sometimes a couple, that the smart people are saying, look, the underlying numbers tell us that there's more here than the standings are showing us. And in the Devils' case, they were a very good five-on-five team, even last year, which was a hugely disappointing season. But they got let down by a few things, special teams and goaltending, especially. The goaltending stunk last year. Yeah, And the Devils were the one team that you looked at above all the others and said, if they had had even average goaltending, they could have really had something. Um, And that's why a lot of people were looking at, you know, I didn't see a lot of people picking the Devils to make the playoffs, but a lot of people were, even as as we were getting caught up in teams like Ottawa and Detroit that had, had actively gone out and improved the roster, there were a lot of people saying, keep an eye on New Jersey, because even though they got all this, this big gap to make up, a lot of the, the system seems to be in place. If the goaltending just gets a little bit better, and so far it's, you know, the goaltending's been a little bit better. It hasn't been great, but they've started over the last week or so to get some saves, and I think that's what the model is seeing. It's, it's looking at this Devils team saying, they check a lot of boxes that we look for when we're trying to project success into the future. Um, things that tend to be sustainable, things that tend to to work out well. And this is all very familiar to Rangers fans because Rangers fans spent all last year hearing how yeah. the Rangers were the opposite. They weren't a good five on five team. It was all special teams and goaltending. And yeah, I mean, it's goaltending's part of hockey. And if you got the best goalie in the world, which the Rangers might have, then you, you count on that. And the Rangers, kind of interestingly, have been better five on five for a big chunk of this year. Um, but just over the last little while, it hasn't hasn't translated to those wins. So I I don't know, man. I like if you if you gave me even odds on these two teams, who's going to finish higher in the standings right now? I, I'm taking the Rangers all day long. Yeah, um, I, I'm not buying into this being a coin flip between these two teams. But but as I sit down and think about it, I'm not shocked that the gap has 
has closed as as much as it seems to over the last little while because I do feel like you know the, the, his his model had the Devils around that forty percent mark to start the season, which would have felt high to a lot of people if you're just looking at last year's standings. Going, they got twenty thirty points to make up, um, but uh, it's it's the Rangers have have sort of again plunged would be an extreme word, but it's 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 really over the last week that they've they've dropped. And, you know, look, we're going to talk, chat some early season trends here with uh, Jesse Granger in a second. Uh, before we get to Granger things, le- one other thing that I thought was interesting, the Tampa Bay Lightning, who are, of course, uh, the defending Eastern Conference champions three straight years, been to the Stanley Cup three straight years, are right now under Dom's model, Sean, projected to finish with fewer than 100 points, which kind of puts them into, I, I don't know if playoff bubble is a strong term, but... Uh, you know, and they win on Wednesday night against Anaheim, so maybe that alleviates a little bit of the the feeling that they've had a flat start. But I think that's kind of interesting to me that that Tampa is anything but a lock. They're not hanging out with, uh, you know, some of the 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 teams that are up in in the upper nineties in terms of percentage yeah. chances to make the playoffs. Yeah, he's right? got Toronto, Boston, Florida as as ninety seven or percent or better, which again is not a hundred, but is pretty close to to lock territory, especially for this early in the year. Uh, and Tampa, it's just, I mean, the Atlantic graph is, is fascinating because you got uh, those three teams we just mentioned at the very top. You've got Detroit, Buffalo. It, it, they've they've shown a little bit of a pulse, but it's not really reflected in their odds. Montreal's just just chugging along at 0%. Um, and then you got the two teams in the middle, which is Tampa making a steady drop down. And it's, it's mostly the Ottawa Senators who are reaping that and uh, are now up over 50%. In, according to Dom's model of uh, to make the playoffs. Now remember, you can you can have five teams from a division make the playoffs. So it's not that they necessarily have to take Tampa's spot. They they could grab a wild card from the Metro. But um, that's that's pretty impressive if you're a Senators fan. I, I'm not worried about the Lightning. I'm really not. E- even even in the years that they were winning Stanley Cups or last year when they went to the final, um, you look back at the standings. It, they weren't having great seasons. The, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Or have always been a team, or at least the last few years have been a team that seems happy to say, you know, we'll finish second, we'll finish third, we'll start the playoffs on the road, no problem. We know what to do when we get there. You saw it against the Leafs. Leafs had home ice, didn't matter. Tampa knew uh, knew how to win that series. So I- I'm not concerned if, if they're around a 100-point pace. That seems fine to them. It doesn't make me think less of them as contenders. The only thing that does stick in your mind a little bit is we have seen this team this Tampa Bay Lightning team have a season like that where all year long we're all going, it's the Lightning. They're not going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. And then it was, was it, what, 2016? Where? 16-17, uh, I think, right? Yeah, or, all year long you're yeah. waiting. You're right, 2016-17. And you get to the end of the year and they miss the playoffs by one point. And you're just sitting there going, wait a second, that can't be right. And uh, and And yet... It happens. So we do see that happen with teams sometimes, and um, it could be happening to the Lightning. But, you know, right now, they're relatively healthy. They're, you know, which in one sense is a bad sign because they're they're not racking up in wins even if they're healthy. So what's going to happen when the injuries come in? Obviously, you know, Andre Vasilevsky gets hurt. All all bets are off for this for this team. And, you know, there's some other guys that you can you can point to. I got to say, though, I'm, I'm not. I'm not concerned if I'm if I'm Tampa. If if I'm a Tampa fan, I'm concerned because that's what fans do. But as an outsider, I, I still I still think Tampa's got you know one of the five or six or seven or eight true Stanley Cup contenders in this league. I just can't picture them not making the playoffs. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. 
Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. On a Thursday, as always, it's time for a little Granger Things brought to you by BetMGM, the exclusive betting partner with us at the Athletic Jesse Granger drops by in this uh, spot. We we talk about some some lines and some different you know odds as as the season is starting to unfold. Before we get to that, Jesse, uh, Sean has told me people like Phil Kessel. This is what that's he not what me. I said. That's, that's not what I said. What, what did accurately. you just tell me? I said before. people love Phil Kessel. What did I just say? You said people like. You were dialing it down on me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I lied. I Don't understand. understand. People, people, people love Phil the Phil Thrill, Kessel. who is. Certainly in the news cycle this week, uh, the Iron Man. Uh, give us a sense here of what uh, what it's been like being around Phil Kessel, uh, Jesse, in a week in which he's uh, hey he's uh, he's being celebrated for uh, for being the NHL's Iron Man. Yeah, he's he's been the center of the hockey world's attention for the last week, and he hates it so badly. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's the that's my takeaway. Um, I knew Phil Kessel was a guy who didn't really like the spotlight. He he kind of just likes to play hockey, and that's about it. But this week. Uh, the fact that it was Toronto uh, he was playing, so there was quite a fit, bit of uh, Canadian media in town. You could just tell he was like, "I just want to play hockey." Um, it's I think what makes him so like part of what makes him so endearing. Like the reason people love Phil Kessel is because he's so relatable. He's just a guy who play who happens to be really good at hockey, and he just wants to do that. Um, I talked to his brother for the story that I wrote on him, uh, Blake Kessel, and he t- said basically that's how he's been his whole life. He just isn't a big fan of the spotlight. He likes to do his thing and keep to his own. I thought it was very appropriate that the guy who doesn't want the attention um, when he when he breaks the Ironman streak, the whole pregame ceremony, the whole all the all the fanfare that came along with it um, was not on TV because the game. Uh, was they were still showing the end of the Rangers Avs game on ESPN? So uh, Phil got what he wanted. He did not have as many people watching him. <laughs> That's a shame. Hate to see it. How is Phil playing, by the way? Because we we all when he signed in Vegas, we all kind of went, "Oh well." That's great. He'll break the record, but then uh, is he going to stay in the lineup? Like, is he has he been a good fit? Yeah, it's to be honest with you, he hasn't. It, it's been a rough start. Um, I think okay. he's still trying to find his footing here. Uh, it ha- he started up on the top line with Jack Eichel and Riley Smith, and he wasn't producing. That he scored his 400th goal, and that was his first goal of the season. Um, took him mm-hmm. seven games to get there, and he he did have a couple of assists, but he hasn't been the offensive spark, especially on the power play that they were hoping, but. He has come along. I think these last two games have definitely been the best two games, and and it's actually come with them moving him down the lineup. He's playing on the third line now um, with Brett Howden and Michael Amadio, so that's quite a different cast from from Eichel and Smith. And I think I don't know if it's whether it's the matchups that they're getting on the third line or whatever. Maybe it's maybe it's more that he can he just feels like he can be the man on that line and carry the puck a little more um, as opposed to kind of deferring to Eichel. But whatever it is, he has played better these last two games. Uh, but it, it's been a, a bit of a rough start. I don't know where he's going to fit into the lineup I could see him possibly maybe scratch down the line if just just because Cassidy likes his third line to be defensive so to me Eichel's got to be is he going to be a top six player or is he or is he going to fit on one of these defensive lines I'm not really sure where he fits in with the Golden Knights but his game certainly seems to be going in the right direction yeah that's what you just described that was like shades of Pittsburgh right where he he, when he was traded over we thought oh they're gonna put him with Crosby they'll put him with Malkin and then he ended up on his own line, the third line, and then then uh, he was uh, on the, they ended up being unstoppable that HBK line. Yep, you can hear me just pumping Phil's tires just in case Cassidy's <laughs> listening. Like this is great, man. There's no need to. You gotta we we gotta get him to a thousand, right? Like we all agree that that's that's exactly. We gotta go it would be nice. Get him to a thousand? No, not it'll be nice. We got to get him <laughs> to a thousand. Jesse, you've got influence down there. You can you can make this happen. I'll talk to yeah. Butch. There we go. Okay. So we got to talk a little bit about uh, uh, a few trends, maybe, Jesse, that are starting to develop. Uh, Yeah. We're we're closing out the month of October here. You know, there's some trends. So let's let's start here. Let's start the ball rolling here. Uh, Maybe we're looking at a couple of teams here. Maybe that, uh, you know, in the first couple of weeks of the season, you're like, hey. I'm starting to see something here. Yeah. One of the first things I was looking at was I like to check the profitability rating. So basically it's, it's a, a, it takes every team. And if you were to bet a hundred dollars, that's just the number they use 
that's not saying you've got to bet 100 bucks on every game, but if you were to bet 100 bucks on every game that these teams played, it tells you how much in the hole you'd be, how how much you would have won. Uh, Buffalo is tops in the league. Usually it's underdog teams that are winning games. Buffalo, if you would have bet every Buffalo game so far, you'd be up $490. Uh, obviously, oh, lowest would be Vancouver. Um, if you bet 700, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you bet $100 on every Vancouver game, you would have lost $700. Uh, but the team that sticks out to me, the, the, the team, Hold on, that let me run the numbers. Sh- yep. Yeah. Yep, it checks out. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It, the, the team that shocked me is the Arizona coyotes because they aren't surprising anyone. They're two and four. I mean, I guess we might be surprised that they've won two games and not zero, but it's mm-hmm. not like they've their Buffalo where they're winning more games than people expected or Philly. Um, but despite going two and four, if you were to have bet every coyotes game, you'd actually be up. $205 right now, um, just because they are so heavily uh, underdogs in these games that you only need to win one out of every three games in order to make money on the Coyotes. So for those betters out there, uh, I don't know if the Coyotes can keep up this uh, this one in three games streak. It's not a very high bar to clear, but I'm just saying it's I was shocked to see uh, plus $200 just going two and four. Somebody call Gary Bettman. We have finally cracked the code on how to make money on the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> there we go. Bet on them, and every third game, yeah, you're going to be ahead. Hey, what did you guys think, by the way, speaking of the Coyotes? Do you you guys saw that tweet they put out, like, kind of mocking the jackets after they rolled them the other day with the cannon? I did not. No, I didn't see this. Oh, you guys don't diligently follow the, the Coyotes? I, uh, I do not follow any... You, you, oh, yeah. Actually, this is a good question. Do you guys follow any team account? Well, I guess, Jesse, you must follow the, the Golden Knights account. I'll be honest. I wish I didn't. Um, it gets on my nerves <laughs> at times. It's they, They're a lot. They tweet a lot. Um, I'm The Golden Knights yeah. now have a communications Twitter that I'm very happy for. But I do got to wow. say, the, the the with the Golden Knights, the, the photo they tweeted out of the knight pointing at Phil Kessel... That was a and that was an A plus tweet. That, the, the, it's yeah. the callback to the Doug Jarvis photo from uh, yes. you know, from the eighties with with for some reason a guy in a night suit is uh, is pointing at him. Uh, that was that was an excellent. I, I mean, there's probably like six of us on the planet who got it, but that was still uh, I really appreciated that one. Their, their Twitter has plenty of wins. It's just a lot. Yeah. Okay. So well, one of the one of the other trends, uh, Sean, I like this one. I was looking at the teams that have gone the over the most and under the most, and I'm just stunned that the team that you would be the most profitable by betting the under in every game so far, Toronto Maple Leafs have had one in their of set of seven games go over the total, six go under the total. Um, they're 26th in scoring. Obviously, everybody knows about Austin Matthews' uh, sc- mm-hmm. struggles to put the puck in the net. But Ilya Samsonov, the, they were just in Vegas. Man, I was impressed with him in net. Uh, he's got a 9-3 two save percentage. He's, he's one of the better goalies in the league and goals saved above average. Um, coming into this year, I would have guessed the Leafs. You can bet the over pretty much every game. When you look at that offense, you, you yep. look at their, the goalies that they brought in, everyone was kind of laughing about it. And suddenly the Leafs are in uh, nail biting, low scoring games every night. Is this exactly how you thought it would go, Sean? It, I, <laughs> not exactly the way I thought it would go. Uh, you know, certainly those two factors you mentioned, Austin Matthews not scoring yet and the goaltending being pretty good were both things that uh, we wouldn't have expected. But I will say this, the Leafs, even you go back to last year, the offense was good. The defense was also very good. There is this permanent reputation attached to the Leafs that they're this run and gun team. They don't play defense. They can't hold the lead and all of this stuff. And then you look at the numbers and they're one of the better defenses, certainly in the Sheldon Keefe era, since he's been able to really install his system. They've been much better defensively than they get credit for. Um, now, you know, does that ultimately matter if it doesn't lead to success? Probably not. But, uh, you know, if you're, if you're trying to work an over under, just keep in mind the perception on this team might not completely match the reality. They hold on to pucks so well. I feel like that is also like maybe their best defense is you just can't get the puck from them. Um, if you don't have the puck, you can't score. And they, I, like, I was impressed. They didn't play particularly well in, in Vegas, but I thought it's like, man, this team holds on to puck. Like every guy can use his body to shield the puck. I don't know. I was, I was impressed with the Leafs ability to, to hold on to pucks and corners. Yeah. That, that's what they're looking to do this year, Jesse. That, that the whole goal is, can they hold on to pucks <laughs> right. and corners? Right. So way yeah. to go. Uh, <laughs> To, to, to go to the third trend I noticed uh, before we get too deep on the Leafs uh, <laughs> rabbit yeah. hole. Um, 
I know a lot of people like to play player props. They're becoming more and more popular. Um, it's almost when I when I go on my Twitter timeline and I follow quite a bit of like sports gambling accounts, I see almost more of that than the actual betting on the games. And uh, one of the trends, man, Timo Meyer, the Sharks are running their offense through him. Uh, Vegas played San Jose last night and he had eight shots on goal. So that was kind of what I'm like, man, it seems like he has a shot on every single shift. So I looked it up and he leads the, the league with 42 shots on goal, uh, averaging nearly five per game. So uh, most guys shot on goal lines are either two and a half or three and a half um, for Meyer. Obviously, for obvious reasons, he's three and a half. But you will not see a, a a over under shot line for most guys over three and a half. For Meyer, it's been three and a half every game this year. Um, so a guy that's averaging five shots a game, that's well above three and a half. Uh, just something I noticed. He shoots the puck a ton. San Jose is obviously not a good hockey team, but they do have some a few really good players, and Timo Meyer is one of them. They are running the offense through him. So if you're a player, if you're a player prop. Uh, better out there. Um, Timo Meyer over in shots has been a great trend to jump on. Wow. Looking at that lead in the league. And, and, you know, it's funny, like last year, he really looking at his career numbers, like he took a giant step forward. Uh, Yeah. You know, obviously got to kind of throw out the, uh, the 56 game season, but you know, prior to that, he was like a guy that was getting in the neighborhood of 200 ish shots on goal per season. We'll call it 220. And last year he had 326. So like the volume has certainly increased, right? Yeah, yeah, he's, and, he's and you know, put, even putting aside the, the gambling aspect, just from a hockey perspective, that's what you want to see from an offensive player is you want to see the volume go up. Uh, sometimes you see a guy, the goals go up and it's the shooting percentage. The volume of shots is staying the same, but they're getting the higher percentage shooting. That usually it doesn't, doesn't sustain over right. the long term. But when you see the volume go up, sometimes that does signal that a guy is playing in a different way. Uh, and so that that's good news. For Sharks fans, and and that's a fan base that could probably use some good news because there hasn't been very much. Right, yeah. they've struggled. It's, it's, you know, it's interesting. I like Alex DeBrinket in Ottawa doesn't have a goal this year. His only goal is an empty netter, so he hasn't scored a goal with an opposition goalie in, and he's got twenty eight shots on goal, which I think is pretty good uh, through six games. Right, I, I think it is 20, 28 shots on goal. Uh, mm-hmm. But boy, there's some people panicking. Like they're like, look, this guy's a legitimate. You know, two-time 40-goal score. He hasn't scored now, and we're getting, you know, a few weeks in the season. But like Sean said, I think it's important to look at the number of shots on these guys. And to me, 28 is a good number. Like, I, I, it's interesting, too. Like, like Sean, like Austin Matthews is off to, I think, what we would classify a bit of a pedestrian start by his standards, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, and so, yeah. Hasn't, I think hasn't, hasn't shot and scored yet this year because his one goal was on a tip. So we have not seen Austin Matthews snap one of those shots home um yet this season yeah and it's again it's it's interesting like but it's early in the year and um you know these are the uh the the, the types of trends that we start to see but yeah, what, yeah. to me it is funny though the, you said you, yeah. you said the some people in ottawa are panicking i it, alex debrinkett's agent might be one of those guys who's, <laughs> who's panicking uh, oh right I mean, now yeah, exactly <laughs> there should be there should be like one of those big charity uh number totals except the totals going down every time uh Every time he rings one off the post. It's the 50-50 raffle, like on the yeah. on the banner going around the arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with his uh, his, his AAV. Uh, yeah, yeah um, that's it. Uh, hey, I, one other question I want to ask you guys. And I, I looked this up. I know that uh, earlier this week, the Rangers and the Avs played a game that went to a shootout. And if I'm not mistaken, I think there's only been three shootout games this year. I yeah, think. Something I, like, like that. D- there's only been you one through the first week. Yeah. And like, then, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm yes, there are three. As, I just as, looked as, it up. Yeah. As we look at trends, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to figure out, like, why is this? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Man, maybe there's no Doesn't reason. Doesn't it feel reason? like you don't even want to talk about it? Like, it's <laughs> no, uh, it's sort of like yeah. when, a, when a guy, pitcher yeah. has a no hitter going or yeah. something, and you're just like, Sean's afraid we're going to jinx it. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I mean, hey, look, I, I hate the shootout. I'd be happy if there weren't any. Um, I'm thrilled that there's there's been so few, but man, that Colorado-New York game should not have gone to a shootout. Like, there should be there should be a thing where, like, you know, <laughs> if enough of us hit a buzzer, that it's like, yeah. just keep going on over. Enough people like, are playing, paying attention to the game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. If the ratings are over a certain number, don't get it. If it's, if it's Columbus and Arizona, then uh, go ahead and do the shootout and let everyone go home. But yeah, if it's... Uh, a national game. Let them just keep playing and playing, and then we all miss Phil Kessel's entire uh, record-breaking <laughs> game, and 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 everyone's happy. 
How about that game though? It was that game for like you talk about uh, putting hockey on showcase for for national mm-hmm. TV in in America. That game was spectacular. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Really and, and how about uh, uh, Georgiev's? Um, again, I know we don't love the shootout, but man, watching him celebrate was pretty cool. Yep. The right? triple fist pump. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't often see that with a goalie in a regular season game, but that was pretty. Uh, that was uh, that was pretty cool. All right, so okay, I apologize for talking about that, bringing it into uh, the public realm that we don't seem to be having a lot of shootouts. So go ahead and book it. Multiple if shootouts. There's a Thursday whole night. bunch of shootouts. Everybody, you know where to go. You, you know, know where to, to complain to. Yeah, awesome, Jesse. Uh, thanks for this as always, and uh, we'll hit you up again next week. Yep, thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Jesse. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. All right. Fun stuff as always with, uh, with our pal Jesse Granger. And yes, I've probably willed a bunch of shootouts into existence for uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever. Let's open up the mailbag. You can hit us up via email at the athletic hockey show at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail at 845-445-8459. This is one from Joe. Let's start with this one. Joe is saying, look, you guys have your athletic, uh, you know, the best 99 players of the post-expansion era feature coming out. Marc-Andre Fleury is on that list. Certainly a Hall of Famer. I think Pekka Rene has a chance to get into the Hall of Fame. My question for you guys is, how the hell is Thomas Vokun? Not in consideration. 700 games played, 917 career save percentage, a four-time Vesna finalist, got some Hart Trophy votes. He was amazing, but just played for some bad teams. 300 wins, but look at those teams he played for. Um, I think he's the second best Czech goalie ever, and he feels like he's a nobody. Come on, help me out with this egregious oversight from the media fans in the league, or am I way off? I'll shut up if I am way off. That's from Joe. Uh, well, you're you're way off in one sense, uh, and I'll I'll just to correct the record. He's not a four time Vezina finalist. He was never a Vezina finalist. When we talk about a Vezina finalist, we're saying final right. three. Uh, he just got he was votes. never that. He got votes for the Vezina in four years. He finished tenth, eighth, ninth, and then there was the one year that he did finish fourth. That was his his best season. So that would be the argument against him being an all time great. Never won a Vezina. Was never an all star. Uh, you know, postseason all-star, um, never came all that close. Um, if you look at the the postseason all-star voting, which again, it's the media, but it's not bad. It's not a bad measure of how somebody is viewed at the time. Never finished higher than fifth. So this was a guy who was never in the best goalie conversation in the league. He did win 300 games. Um, he did, uh, you know, he, he, he certainly had some seasons where he put up some success and, and, 
He's right to, to point out that he wasn't on very good teams. I mean, the, Thomas Vokun led the league in losses twice, and that's not a reflection on how he played. That was just the fact that he wasn't on very good teams. Um, you know, my instinct is to look at his numbers and say, you know what? We can say that Thomas Vokun was underrated and didn't get enough credit in his career without going crazy and saying he's a Hall of Famer, saying he's, he's up there with Marc-Andre Fleury or one of the top 100 players or something like that. Um, and I think that's where I come down. But... One thing I do like to do, and again, it's it's certainly not a perfect metric, but I like to look at the the hockey reference similarity scores. And yep. you know, when when I saw this uh, this uh, this message from from the listener, I thought, well, I'm going to go and I'm going to look at that. We'll go look at all the average names that that Vokun's listed as. Let me read you his similarity scores. Some of his the players that are that are here. Okay. Okay. Uh, number one, Carey Price. What? Hmm. Okay. And this is, by the way, it's 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 based on point shares, which again, not a perfect metric, but it's kind of a catch-all number, and and it's based on the length of their career, and basically it looks for players who had similar uh, numbers as far as their best season, their second best season, and on down the line. Carey Price, number one, number two, Curtis Joseph, borderline Hall of Famer, not in yet, but certainly a guy who's got a case. Some of the other names on the line: uh, Roji Vachon in the Hall of Fame, uh, Martin Broder, and Patrick Waugh. Show up on this list. Maybe Joe uh, isn't that far out to lunch here. And then two other guys, Pekka Rinne and Ryan Miller. Two other guys that are certainly going to make for interesting Hall of Fame conversations. Uh, so based on that, based on those numbers, and again, certainly not a perfect metric. And we can all find guys where you look at... It's it's very common when you're looking at, at, at that number. It gives you 10 similar uh, similar guys... It's very common to find one or two guys where you're like, no, that that doesn't fit at all. But when you see six or seven or eight guys that are on that list, that it's got to make you think a little bit. He may be on to something. Again, never the the lack of not just any awards, but not even coming close. Right. Typically is is a deal breaker. But again, you know, Vezina's voted on by the GMs. And the criticism is that they always look at wins as the number one thing. And if you're on bad teams, I mean, maybe I, I still feel like the answer here is not a Hall of Famer, not a top 100 player, not a guy who belongs in the conversation with with a flurry or even with the Pekka Rines and, and maybe Tuka Rasks of the league, but maybe a grossly underrated player that a lot of us don't. Because I feel like if you said best goalies of of the uh you know the 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 2000 decades give me your list i feel like a lot of hockey fans would get 10 15 guys deep and not even think of tom smokun and and i think there's a good case here um partly made by by our listener and partly made by the numbers that he's he's somebody that does not get enough uh appreciation from hockey fans and and hockey media uh, myself included even if maybe he he didn't quite get into that top tier of of the all-time greats and, you know, for me, the, the fun Thomas Vokun fact, if you ever want to stump your, your friends at Trivia and say, you know, uh, give me a list of goalies who won 300 games, who played with the Montreal Canadiens at some point in their career. Yes. I, you want to talk about going 10 or 15 goalies deep. Most people would forget that the Habs actually had Thomas, Thomas Vokun in their system and exposed him in the, in the 90s where you would just play one game in the yes. NHL. Yeah, I think he only played one period. I don't think he, he even played a game, right? Yeah, he he got in there. It, it was a very short appearance, and it was yeah back in the day where it, in order to put a goalie, to make a goalie available in the expansion draft, he had to have played in the NHL. So you see a lot of guys who got in for just one game, and he got in and got shelled, by the way. His, yeah. his career numbers in Montreal, 714 save percentage, a 12.0 goals against average. Uh, that's not great. Even yeah. for the late '90s Canadians, that uh, that wasn't fantastic, and and then doesn't show up in the NHL again for another couple of years uh, when he's in Nashville. Do you think Andre Rasico looked at that guy and was like, "Man, see, at least somebody else is giving up yeah. goals like this." He's looking yeah. at him, going, "You're lucky your last name didn't start with R, buddy, because yeah. they would have they would have hung that on." What a brutal name! What a brutal oh. nickname! <laughs> yeah. And Andre Rasico wasn't even that bad. You look at his numbers no, for he the was part '80s of the and Cup '90s. Team. Yeah. He was okay. Like he was he was not a terrible goalie, but he <laughs> just light. he was one of those guys. There was a few other guys too. That's like uh Vincent Riendo was red light Riendo for a while, but we all he remember was? it. As I don't Rasico. I don't remember yeah. that. 
I feel like any goalie whose last name started with R who had a few bad games probably got stuck with that for a little bit. But yeah, there there were other guys, but but Andre Rasko just for some reason uh, has it. Right. I, I, I you know yeah. what I I bet you we all had our laughs and maybe he can't hear us because he's got his Stanley Cup ring stuck in his ear. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, last week we were talking about uh, we were wondering if every franchise had that one player who just for whatever reason was so popular with the fan base that you know it. They would um, elicit huge cheers when they walked into the arena. I thought this was a good one from Morgan, who says the non-superstar that the New Jersey Devils fans love and they go nuts for, Sergey Breland. We love the Sarge, a three-time Stanley Cup champion who did anything to win for those Devils teams. He would block shots, play on the PK, move up to the top six if somebody got hurt, etc. It was a big deal when he got promoted to assistant coach from Utica to the Devils this year. He's our guy. Put him up there right with Brodeur. And Stevens, I got to admit, I, I I didn't realize the level of popularity. I had a few people from I New Jersey. Not. So did uh, I, yeah. I think, and I was know, like, we, I had no idea that Sergey Breland. That was this would guy. not have been on my list. I mean, Danico, I know is is up there. I I do love how Morgan says he's our guy right up there with Broders, Stevens, etc. So congratulations to Scott Niedermeyer for being relegated etc. Et status. Um, but yeah, no, that see, that's a great one, and that's that's the kind of stuff I wanted to know because I would have never thought of that name. Uh, for Devils fans, but uh, you're right. I, you, we we heard from a few different Devils fans who wanted to throw that name out there. You know what? Speaking of the Devils and uh, uh, Ken Danico, um, why don't we wrap it up with a little uh, This Week in Hockey History? Because actually, 20 years ago, uh, this week, Ken Danico was uh, kind of in the news cycle. Now, Ken Danico ended up scoring a goal this week, Sean, in 2002, that uh, basically made him, uh, or or gave him, I should say. Uh, what, 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 what's wrong with me here? Why can't I just say this? It ended. It ended a streak. Ended. My yep. good Lord, what's wrong with me? Uh, 250, Ken Danico went 256 games without scoring a goal, uh, which is the longest goalless streak in NHL history. Two, uh, this, this week in 2002, Ken Danico scored a goal against Buffalo. Now... I was looking this up. So I got a little bit of context here, okay? So there are 11 guys in NHL history that have had a 200-game goalless streak, okay? Wow. Okay. 11 guys. And Danico obviously was the one who got to 256. I'll give you a couple of names here just to get, get, give you an idea of who's on the list because it, you'll never get you'll, – you'll know the names, but you would never guess them, okay? Mm-hmm. Number two all-time is Rich Pilon. Okay. Rich Pilon, 245 games. Uh, uh, Rob, and, and the greatest name of all time for an yeah. overpaid defenseman. <laughs> yeah. That Rich is Pilon? Never, no, no, it's Rich never Pilon. Talk that. He, he, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Imagine your name is Rich Pilon and you yeah. play defense and you got a crazy contract. Uh, yeah. Anyway, Rich, no, he's like, no, no, it's Pilon. Pilon. Rich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please. Anyway, uh, Rob Zettler is on this list. Uh, anyway, so that's giving you an idea of yeah. like kind of a lot of who's defensive defensemen, I'm guessing, and then probably some tough guys, right? Like where uh, Derek uh, Bugard is on there, yeah, absolutely. Okay, uh, yeah, Derek Ken Bugard Baumgartner went, on the list. I remember uh, him. N- no, I uh, not on. No, he he's not. Uh, anyway, there's some guys from the '70s that I never heard of, and yeah, uh, you know. Anyway, so here's my question: Ken Danico, 256 game goalless streak as a skater. Is that an un- do we need to put that on the list of unbreakable records? Is that Boy, potentially an unbreakable record? That's got to be up there because the thing with him is it's it was it was the perfect storm because he's he's a defensive defenseman. He's not there to score goals. He he, he scored five or six goals a year even in his prime. Yeah. Um now he's in his like late 30s, I think around that timeline. So you know, he's any offensive, any wheels that he had are are long gone. He's not a guy there to score anyways. And he's doing it in the middle of the the depths of the dead puck era. And, you know, I, I will go to my grave fighting this fight that the dead puck era has not ended. You know, we, we keep patting ourselves on the back when scoring goes up 0.1 goals a game. We're <laughs> still in a low scoring era, but it was lower scoring back then. And, you know, we're never going to see... We, we will certainly never see another forward in this league who plays for years at a time without any without offering any offense at all. 
We yeah. have seen, you know, very rarely we'll see a guy goes guys go a whole season, but to go three plus years, no, that's that's not going to happen. The, uh, the the tough guys could have done it, but it's got to be a defenseman. the The idea of this stay at home defenseman is sort of no longer a thing in the NHL. Uh, it, it, we we understand now better that you know being able to move the puck a little bit. I I don't know if I'd say unbreakable because we have seen guys go, you know. Triple digits, certainly. There, there's usually uh, you know a few guys that uh, uh, that get up there, but um, man, three full seasons of full time, yeah, that's pretty so, tough. I mean, my 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 boy Joel, Joel Hanley with the with the Stars, he was he got to a hundred last year and exactly a hundred, but um, I don't think and, and I checked it again this year, and I don't think anyone has an active streak over a hundred. So yeah, there is one now. Uh, and it's okay. Matt Benning. Matt Benning is at 102 right now. The okay. defenseman with uh, with San Jose. Uh, he's right. at 102. Ryan Murray is at 96. Mark Borvietsky is at 86. Okay. Yeah, that's a long way to go, uh, boy. And uh, yeah, I think this is one of those where it feels pretty close to to unbreakable. Maybe not quite. I mean, it's not like the Glenn Hall 502 straight starts or something like that, where you're like, we'll never see that again. But it's in that next year down. Yeah, it's I I, I think Ken's record is probably pretty safe. Okay. Speaking Do we know what the safe- goal looked like, by the way, that, that he yeah, scored? Well, well, like, was yeah, you know what? End-to-end so, rush, uh, top it, shelf? No, it was a I, – I do know this because I looked it up, and I, I, I couldn't find video of it, but mm-hmm. apparently it was on a delayed penalty – and it was a slap shot from the point. Okay, so but it was a real I, goal. It wasn't yeah, like, you know, he, like didn't, he didn't throw it on net and have it to tip off. Okay, well, good for no, him. It sounded like a slap shot on a delayed penalty. And All right. That's how he scored. I'm sure Buffalo. that goal, whatever goal he gave that up, probably didn't, never heard the end of it. Yeah. Uh, so, that, so that happened October 25th, 2002. The next night, October 26th, 2002. I'm going to ask you, I think this is an unbreakable record. That night, Sean, the St. Louis Blues, with a win from Fred Brathwaite, became the first team in NHL history to post a four-game winning streak in which all four wins were recorded by four different goalies. The streak started with a, and I'm pretty sure we're never going to utter this guy's name again on the podcast, but we got (laughs) to drop it in, Reinhard Divas. Wow. Reinhard Divas. That's a deep Okay. Yeah, that's a deep cut. Uh, Curtis Sanford. Cody Rudkowski, and Fred Brathwaite. And the reason why I say this is absolutely unequivocally an unbreakable record is because to break this record, you would need to win five games in a row with five different goalies. That ain't happening. Yeah, that's true. That's so, true. You know, I was, this is I was unbreakable. four is manageable. I, I think, you know, to tie it <laughs> I don't even know if we'll see anybody potentially you could do. But, uh, you know, I should say that we've uh, we have seen teams – Use a lot of goalies in a season. We've seen six and seven is for for the longest time six was the record. I feel like a couple teams got to seven. This feels like a record that maybe during the COVID era you could have seen. Yeah. Like, and when I say the COVID era, I mean the last couple of seasons where season. we, yeah. guys were coming in and out, and and it wasn't uncommon at all for for guys to go. Um, it you know obviously two very doable. Every team probably will do that at uh, at various points this year. To get to three, even not a lot of teams carry a third goalie, so you're probably in a situation where maybe it's an injury or something. Um, I, I can, I can, I can imagine how you could get to to four, especially if it's the goalie of record. So you know, one night you got your veteran, you know, the 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 regular starters out, so you know the backup comes in and he plays well, and then the next game it's the backup and the third string, but oh, the third string has to come in, so he gets the win, he gets credit, and now the the veterans back. How you get that fourth guy's tough. Maybe there's a trade. Maybe the guys are coming in and out. Boy, it, you know, I could see getting to four in our lifetime, but you're right. To break the record and get to five, I, I can't. I can't yeah. imagine that. All because again, row. you know, five different goalies in a row to just to play seems hard to conceive of. Right. You've got to win those games. You know, that that's that's the part that really and and you know, I'm looking at the blues and uh, you know, when you were describing that and I was like, Well, I mean, they're probably uh they you know, they're they're probably a mess. They probably stunk and I'm looking at there that was a hundred point team. So um 
yeah, good good for them. Winning in spite of goaltending, for sure. Yeah. All right. And there you go. Reinhard uh, Divas. I'm not sure that we'll ever utter that name again. You know who else played? I'm, I'm looking at the St. Louis Blues that season. Was Jamie you know, McLennan on that team? He wasn't, no. But okay. uh, Chris Osgood shows up on, on that team. And Tom Barrasso. This is the year that Tom Barrasso shows up oh for God. six games. For the uh, because you know I mean Tom Brasso had to he he did that retirement tour where he played for there every was a team rule that he had to play for he's like Carolina yep. come on down yep like, him yeah. and Paul Coffey were just like cycling around the league and it's like you <laughs> get to the game oh it's Paul Coffey night cool and uh, you know yeah. Tom Brasso would be in the other net <laughs> oh man all right we'll leave it there love to hear from our listeners hit us up with you know Halloween costume ideas do you like the pot van socks all that stuff. You know where to get us. The Athletic Hockey Show at gmail.com. The voicemail, it's 845-445-8459. Not a subscriber with us. You can join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show. Get an annual subscription for a dollar a month. For six months, you can also subscribe to something we have called the Athletic Audio Plus. On Apple Podcasts, it's all of our bonus content from the entire network. We'll start with a 30-day free trial, and then it's just 99 cents a month after that.